O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, October 27th. The Word of God is what protects us against deception and delusion. In the world we now live in, finding truth is something you have to seek after with all of your heart, because there are so many lies being pushed and promoted through the mainstream media. We must love truth and seek after truth. Truth is a person, and that person is Yeshua. We are warned about a strong, deluding spirit that will be present in the end days, as it is written in 2 Thessalonians 2. 9-12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Beloved, I believe we are rapidly approaching the end days, so guard your mind and your heart by staying in the Word and staying close to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Kayai Sarah, and it means Life of Sarah. Genesis 24, 27-52 Praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, he said. The Lord has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master, for he has led me straight to my master's relatives. The young woman ran home to tell her family everything that had happened. Now Rebekah had a brother named Laban who ran out to meet the man at the spring. He had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists and had heard Rebekah tell what the man had said. So he rushed out to the spring where the man was still standing beside his camels. Laban said to him, Come and stay with us, you who are blessed by the Lord. Why are you standing here outside the town when I have a room all ready for you? and a place prepared for the camels. So the man went home with Laban, and Laban unloaded the camels, gave him straw for their bedding, fed them, and provided water for the man and the camel drivers to wash their feet. 
Then food was served. But Abraham's servant said, I don't want to eat until I have told you why I have come. All right, Laban said, tell us. I am Abraham's servant, he explained. And the Lord has greatly blessed my master. He has become a wealthy man. The Lord has given him flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, a fortune in silver and gold, and many male and female servants and camels and donkeys. When Sarah, my master's wife, was very old, she gave birth to my master's son, and my master has given him everything he owns. And my master made me take an oath. He said, Do not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my father's house to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son. But I said to my master, What if I can't find a young woman who is willing to go back with me? He responded, The Lord, in whose presence I have lived, will send his angel with you, and will make your mission successful. Yes, you must find a wife for my son from among my relatives, from my father's family. Then you will have fulfilled your obligation. But if you go to my relatives and they refuse to let her go with you, then you will be free from my oath. So today, when I came to the spring, I prayed this prayer, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please give me success on this mission. See, I am standing here beside this spring. This is my request. When a young woman comes to draw water, I will say to her, Please give me a little drink of water from your jug. If she says yes, have a drink, and I will draw water for your camels too, Let her be the one who you have selected to be the wife of my master's son. Before I had finished praying in my heart, I saw Rebekah coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, Please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, Yes, have a drink, and I will water your camels too. So I drank, and then she watered the camels. Then I asked, Whose daughter are you? And she replied, I am the daughter of Bethuel, and my grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. Then I bowed low and worshipped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, because he had led me straight to my master's niece to be his son's wife. So tell me, Will you or won't you show unfailing love and faithfulness to my master? Please tell me yes or no, and then I'll know what to do next. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, The Lord has obviously brought you here, so there is nothing we can say. Here is Rebekah. Take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. When Abraham's servant heard their answer, he bowed down to the ground and worshipped. Jeremiah 51, 1-53 This is what the Lord says, I will stir up a destroyer against Babylon and the people of Babylonia. Foreigners will come and winnow her blowing her away as chaff. They will come from every side to rise against her in her day of trouble. Don't let the archers put on their armor or draw their bows. Don't spare even her best soldiers. Let her army be completely destroyed. 
They will fall dead in the land of the Babylonians, slashed to death in her streets. For the Lord of heaven's armies has not abandoned Israel and Judah. He is still their God. Even though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. Flee from Babylon. Save yourselves. Don't get trapped in her punishment. It is the Lord's time for vengeance, and he will repay her in full. Babylon has been a golden cup in the Lord's hands, a cup that made the whole earth drunk. The nations drank Babylon's wine, and it drove them all mad. But suddenly Babylon, too, has fallen. Weep for her. Give her medicine. Perhaps she can yet be healed. We would have saved her if we could, but nothing can save her now. Let her go. Abandon her. Return now to your own land. For her punishment reaches to the heavens. It is so great, it cannot be measured. The Lord has vindicated us. Come, let us announce in Jerusalem everything the Lord our God has done. Sharpen the arrows, lift up the shields. For the Lord has inspired the kings of the Medes to march against Babylon and destroy her. This is his vengeance against those who desecrated his temple. Raise the battle flag against Babylon. Reinforce the guard and station the watchmen. Prepare an ambush, for the Lord will fulfill all his plans against Babylon. You are a city by a great river, a great center of commerce, but your end has come. The thread of your life is cut. The Lord of heaven's armies has taken this vow and has sworn to it by his own name. Your cities will be filled with enemies like fields swarming with locusts, and they will shout in triumph over you. The Lord made the earth by his power, and he preserves it by his wisdom. With his own understanding, he stretched out the heavens. When he speaks in the thunder, the heavens roar with rain. He causes the clouds to rise over the earth. He sends the lightning with the rain and releases the wind from his storehouses. The whole human race is foolish and has no knowledge. The craftsmen are disgraced by the idols they make, for their carefully shaped works are a fraud. These idols have no breath or power. Idols are worthless. They are ridiculous lies. On the day of reckoning, they will all be destroyed. But the God of Israel is no idol. He is the creator of everything that exists, including his people, his own special possession. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. You are my battle axe and sword, says the Lord. With you I will shatter nations and destroy many kingdoms. With you I will shatter armies, destroying the horse and rider, the chariot and the charioteer. With you I will shatter men and women, old people and children, young men and young women. With you I will shatter shepherds and flocks, farmers and oxen, captains and officers. I will repay Babylon and the people of Babylonia for all the wrong they have done to my people in Jerusalem, says the Lord. Look, O mighty mountain, 
destroyer of the earth. I am your enemy, says the Lord. I will raise my fist against you to knock you down from the heights. When I am finished, you will be nothing but a heap of burnt rubble. You will be desolate forever. Even your stones will never again be used for building. You will be completely wiped out, says the Lord. Raise a signal flag to the nations. Sound the battle cry. Mobilize them all against Babylon. Prepare them to fight against her. Bring out the armies of Ararat, Mini, and Ashkenaz. Appoint a commander and bring a multitude of horses like swarming locusts. Bring against her the armies of the nations, led by the kings of the Medes and all their captains and officers. The earth trembles and writhes in pain, for everything the Lord has planned against Babylon stands unchanged. Babylon will be left desolate, without a single inhabitant. Her mightiest warriors no longer fight. They stay in their barracks, their courage gone. They have become like women. The invaders have burned the houses and broken down the city gates. The news is passed from one runner to the next, as the messengers hurry to tell the king that his city has been captured. All the escape routes are blocked, the marshes have been set aflame, and the army is in a panic. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Babylon is like wheat on a threshing floor, about to be trampled. In just a little while her harvest will begin. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon has eaten and crushed us and drained us of strength. He has swallowed us like a great monster and filled his belly with our riches. He has thrown us out of our own country. Make Babylon suffer as she made us suffer, says the people of Zion. Make the people of Babylon pay for spilling our blood, says Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to Jerusalem. I will be your lawyer to plead your case, and I will avenge you. I will dry up her river as well as her springs, and Babylon will become a heap of ruins haunted by jackals. She will be an object of horror and contempt, a place where no one lives. Her people will roar together like strong lions. They will growl like lion clubs, and while they lie inflamed with all their wine, I will prepare a different kind of feast for them. I will make them drink until they fall asleep, and they will never wake up again, says the Lord. I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter, like rams and goats to be sacrificed. How Babylon is fallen! Great Babylon prays throughout the earth. Now she has become an object of horror among the nations. The sea has risen over Babylon. She is covered by its crashing waves. Her cities now lie in ruins. She is a dry wasteland, where no one lives or even passes by. And I will punish Bel, the god of Babylon, and make him vomit up all he has eaten. The nations will no longer come and worship him. The wall of Babylon has fallen. Come out, my people, flee from Babylon. Save yourselves, run from the Lord's fierce anger. But do not panic. Don't be afraid. 
When you hear the first rumor of approaching forces, for rumors will keep coming year by year. Violence will erupt in the land as the leaders fight against each other. For the time is surely coming when I will punish this great city and all her idols. Her whole land will be disgraced and her dead will lie in the streets. Then the heavens and the earth will rejoice for out of the north will come destroying armies against Babylon, says the Lord. Just as Babylon killed the people of Israel and others throughout the world, so must her people be killed. Get out, all you who have escaped the sword. Do not stand and watch. Flee while you can. Remember the Lord, though you are in a far-off land, and think about your home in Jerusalem. We are ashamed, the people say. We are insulted and disgraced because the Lord's temple has been defiled by foreigners. Yes, says the Lord, but the time is coming when I will destroy Babylon's idols. The groans of her wounded people will be heard throughout the land. Though Babylon reaches as high as the heavens and makes her fortifications incredibly strong, I will still send enemies to plunder her. I, the Lord, have spoken. Titus 2, 1-15 As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching cannot be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. Slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Yeshua, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. You must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary, so don't let anyone disregard what you say.
Psalm 99, 1-9 The Lord is King. Let the nations tremble. He sits on His throne between the cherubim. Let the whole earth quake. The Lord sits in majesty in Jerusalem, exalted above all the nations. Let them praise Your great and awesome name. Your name is holy. Mighty King, lover of justice, You have established fairness. You have acted with justice and righteousness throughout Israel. Exalt the Lord our God, bow low before His feet, for He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also called on his name. They cried to the Lord for help, and He answered them. He spoke to Israel from the pillar of cloud, and they followed the laws and decrees He gave them. O Lord our God, You answered them. You were a forgiving God to them but you punish them when they went wrong. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His holy mountain in Jerusalem, for the Lord our God is holy. Proverbs 26.17 Interfering in someone else's argument is as foolish as yanking a dog's ears. I want to speak to you today from Jeremiah chapter 51. And this is kind of a continuation of what was shared yesterday. And as a quick review, these two chapters from Jeremiah are specifically focused on God's judgment upon a nation called the end of days, daughter of Babylon nation. And I believe that that nation is the United States of America. Now, the Babylonian system, there was once an ancient nation called Babylon, and that nation is now gone. It was in the region of current-day, modern-day Iraq. And there's actually an ancient city that is uninhabited south of Baghdad that is what was once known as Babylon. But the end-of-days daughter of Babylon nation will have the characteristics of the original Babylon. And it does not have to be restricted to the original geographical location where the original Babylon was. But the spirit, the nature, and the character of that Babylon will be upon the end-of-days daughter of Babylon nation. So we see some clues in this chapter as to the identity of this nation. And in uh, Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 13, it says, You are a city by a great river, a great center of commerce, but your end has come. So here in America, we have the Mississippi River, and we are also surrounded on the East Coast with the Atlantic Ocean, on the West Coast with the Pacific Ocean, and to the northern border, the Great Lakes. Okay, so continuing on, many different times in this particular chapter, God's people are given the instructions to flee. Let's take a look at it. Verse 6. Flee from Babylon. Save yourselves. Don't get trapped in her her punishment. Look at verse 9. Let her go. Abandon her. Return now to your own land, for her punishment reaches to the heavens. And then let's look at verse 45. 
Come out, my people, flee from Babylon. Save yourselves. Run from the Lord's fierce anger. But do not panic. Don't be afraid when you hear the first rumor of approaching forces, for rumors will keep coming year after year. And then again in verse 50. Get out, all you who have escaped the sword. Do not stand and watch. Flee while you can. Remember the Lord, though you are in a far-off land, and think about your home in Jerusalem. And this reminds me a lot of the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Yeshua warns that in the end of days that the timing just before the Son of Man returns to the earth will be like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. What were Lot's instructions? His instructions from the angel was flee, get out. And he delayed and the angel had mercy on him and basically picked him up by the scruff of his neck and pulled him out of Sodom and Gomorrah. But Yeshua goes on to say, remember Lot's wife. What happened with Lot's wife? She turned and looked back. What was she looking back at? She left behind her son-in-laws, the husbands of her daughters. She left behind her home and all of her possessions, and she left behind a lifestyle. And so she was looking back at what she lost and what she left behind, and she turned to a pillar of salt. So when the Lord says to flee, it's time to flee and don't look back, because it could cost you your life. Now, the other thing that we see in this chapter is... A cup, a cup from which the nations have drunk from it. Verse 7, Babylon has been a golden cup in the Lord's hands, a cup that made the whole earth drunk. The nations drank Babylon's wine, and it drove them all mad. Where else do we see this figure? We see it in Revelation chapter 17, verses 1 through 5 where it is written, And there came one of the seven angels, which had seven vials, and talked with me, saying to me, Come here, I will show you the judgment of the great whore that sits upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Verse 4. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Verse 5. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and abominations of the earth. Verse 6, And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Yeshua. And when I saw her, I wondered. So this Babylon that's described in Jeremiah 51 
is not just a historical Babylon, it is connected to a future Babylon that is described here in Revelation 17. It's connected to that Babylon that is ultimately going to be judged and destroyed and brought down. Because we see the imagery in both of these passages about this golden cup from which the nations have drunk from, and it has driven them mad. So, another theme we see in this chapter is measure for measure. In other words, what you sow, you will reap. Verse 24, I will repay Babylon and the people of Babylon for all the wrong they have done to my people in Jerusalem, says the Lord. Measure for measure, what you sow, you reap. Verse 35, the same principle. Make Babylon suffer as she made us suffer, say the people of Zion. And once again, we see another clue that this could very well be talking about the United States of America. Verse 44, I will punish Bel, the god of Babylon, and make him vomit up all he has eaten. The nations will no longer come and worship him. The wall of Babylon has fallen. Under the current administration, the borders of America are basically gone. Tens of thousands of illegal aliens are streaming across the border from the south. And they're not just folks from Latin America. There are people flying in from the Middle East, from Haiti, from all over the world. Many of them are very sick, are criminals, are drug lords, and absolutely no vetting. They're being bussed and flown to all places throughout the country of America. The border is basically gone. There is no border. The border has fallen. So this is another clue. The wall of Babylon has fallen. And then let's take a look at verse 46. Violence will erupt in the land as the leaders fight against each other. Now, five years ago or ten years ago, this would not have really applied to the United States of America, but it sure applies right now. The severe conflict that goes on between the right and the left, between the Republicans and the Democrats, is very severe. Who can forget all of the major violence and uh, rioting that went on in the summer of 2020, just prior to the presidential election? The police station in Minneapolis was burned down. There were nightly fires and violence in the city of Portland every single night for months. It became a hotbed for terrorism, for BLM and Antifa terrorism, a training ground for terrorism. So we see a tremendous conflict going on between one vision for America versus another vision for America. And they're using violence to achieve their goals and objectives. So God's people are told one, two, three, four, at least four times in this chapter to flee from Babylon. And then 
in Revelation, we're told to come out of her, my people. Come out of her. Come out of who or what? Come out of Babylon. She's a harlot. She makes the nations drunk. She has blood on her hands. She is an abomination unto the Lord. She leads people down the path of idolatry. She exploits. She's into greed and profits. And this entity of Babylon, it is like an octopus, and it has many tentacles. And the tentacles of this octopus reach into our economy, into our government, into our communications and media, into our schools and universities. And so, actually, this Babylon entity is probably global, but her seat of power, I believe, comes from America, and particularly from Wall Street and Washington, D.C., So there is going to be a time when it is time to flee. When might that time be? I believe the time to flee is when the greater exodus to come starts. And when will that start? How will we know when it is time to flee? There are some clues. First of all, when was the first exodus? The first exodus was at Passover. So when will the greater exodus happen? very likely at a future Passover. Also, when what are some key signs that we will be looking for that will indicate that it's time to flee? Well, Daniel chapter 9 talks about when you see the abomination that causes desolation uh, take the place of the altar on the Temple Mount, then it's time to flee, especially let all those who are in Judea flee. Let all those who are in Judea flee. In other words, the people living in Israel will have to leave immediately. And I think the people out in the the scattered to the nations will have a little more time. Um, Let's actually read that from Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 16. Um, Actually, we're going to start with verse 8. Matthew chapter 24, verse 8. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Now that verse takes on a whole new light in light of the pandemic that we're living through. There is such a hatred and an offense that is rising between those who are vaccinated and those who are unvaccinated. Families are being torn apart over this issue. I will not see you over the holidays because you're not vaccinated, and I am, and you're a threat to me. This is happening in many, many, many families where parents and children are split right down the middle. Then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Verse 11, And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. 
But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations, and then shall the end come. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, that's Daniel 9, stand in the holy place, whoso reads, let him understand, then let them who are in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe to them that are with child, and to them that are giving suck in those days. Pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So, here in this passage, we see an instruction to flee also. So I believe that this whole war that we've read about, this military invasion of the end of days daughter of Babylon nation spoken of in Jeremiah 50 and 51 is happening in the context of the beginning of the great tribulation. The great tribulation is three and a half years, 1260 days. It is not a seven year period. It's three and a half years long. 1260 days. Look at Revelation 12, and that whole chapter is talking about this great tribulation period and specifically numbers this uh, tribulation period as 1260 days. So the instruction is to flee from Babylon and to come out of her and to remember Jerusalem. Let Jerusalem come to your mind. And so when the greater exodus begins, that is the destination. That's where we're headed, is Israel, Jerusalem. We will be led cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. So I believe we're getting close to those days, beloved. And it's important to know what God's plan is, what his instructions are for us, his remnant people. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 
to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.